The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things through parables, and in his teachings he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, so it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes any word they have heard away from them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word at once, receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. But others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred times what was sown. All right, Christ Church, uh, we are uh, in a series called The Story, and uh, what we're doing this summer uh, is we're going to really trot fast-paced through uh, the New Testament using that resource, uh, The Story. So I hope you've been uh, into it, reading it. It's uh, uh, the Bible in kind of a novel, chronological novel uh, format, so, so get, get into that. But we're going to take a fast pace this summer uh, through the, the New Testament. And uh, last week... Uh, Mike uh, took you through one of the big questions uh, that they were asking when Jesus emerged on the scene, uh, and it was that question about the Messiah. You know, could this possibly be uh, be the Messiah? And uh, John, the uh, baptizer, uh, also was asking the question, right, could, is this really the one? And even at the end, he sends uh, his disciples up, and they ask Jesus straightforward, are you the one, or should we look for uh, another? And Jesus' answer is, hey, just look at what I say and what I do, right? It comes out of uh, Matthew uh, 11. Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him uh, what you've heard and what you have uh, seen. Uh, this past week, I took a group of uh, middle schoolers out to uh, middle school camp, and that meant I got to spend five and a half hours one way uh, in a van 
uh, with 11 middle schoolers. And so I had lots of times to concentrate on the Word and uh, keep my focus on thinking about this message. <laughs> right? That's what you do when you're in a group with a bunch of junior high kids. You concentrate on the Word. That's just what you do. And uh, so that's what I did. And as I was thinking about uh, uh, today, uh, it really led me to, to uh, think about how, how often, how often we take stuff for granted. Right? I mean, how often we take things for granted? Um, I mean, like, we're in the van, and, you know, when you're in the van with middle schoolers, you, you, you work out certain codes. So, like, one of the codes is, okay, guys, uh, you got to tell me when it's yellow light or, or red light. Not, not the one on the, the post, right? But, you know, if they got to use the restroom, you got to give me warning here. Is it a yellow light or is it a red light, right? So, like, here's one of the things I discovered about Iowa. You know what's out in Iowa? Corn. Right? And at every exit, you know what's at every exit out in Iowa? A feed mill. You know what is not at every exit in Iowa? A gas station. So the kids are in the back going, red light, red light, red light, and I'm pulling off the exit, and it says gas station, four miles. I took for granted. You get off an exit, and there's a gas station. Uh, thankfully, there's no accidents that happened on the way out to Iowa. Uh, we made it. Uh, but, you know, it's just stuff you take for granted. And it, you know, the simple truth, difficult truth. How often do we take the love of our family for granted? How often do we take uh, the love our spouse has for us for granted? How often do we take the love that God has for us for granted. How often, here's the big one, how often do we take what Jesus said and what he did for granted? Because what he said and what he did was amazing. You go into the New Testament, you start listening to what he says. Uh, Twelve times he says this wonderful verse. It's always intrigued me. Twelve times he says this wonderful verse. It says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Okay, ear check. Do you qualify? Anybody that has ears in the room, you you should listen and you should understand. Now, quite often, uh, we kind of read that verse and and we just kind of glance over it and make it kind of a polite little verse. But it's not a polite verse. If you go back into the Greek, it's a third-person imperative. So what Jesus is really saying here, he's saying, saying, listen. No, I really mean it. Listen. This is important. If you've got ears, you've got to take this in. If you've got ears, you've got to concentrate, focus, and understand how important what I'm telling you is. That's what he's saying. For you parents out there, it would go something like, Okay, do we have our listening ears on? Do you use that? You see, what he's saying is, what, what his words, his words are extraordinary. They are amazing. It happened over and over and over in the Scripture. He even says up front, this is how important my words are. 
Anyone who listens, who's got ears, who listens and understands, anybody who listens to my words, my teachings, and follows it is, what's the word? Wise. That's wise. That's wisdom. And that wisdom is like building your house on a solid rock. That's building your life on a good foundation that will endure. And even though the rains come, even though tragedy happens, even though disappointment comes into your life, even though difficulty comes your way, whatever the world throws at you, if you're built on my amazing word, that word will pull you through it. It is solid. It is amazing. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't listen, doesn't use their ears, doesn't even seek to understand, anyone who takes my word for granted is, what's the word? Foolish. Are you listening? Do you have your listening ears on? It's foolish. Because his word is amazing. From the time he taught it, from the, from the time he was teaching among the people, it was obvious to everybody. You go into Matthew 7. While Jesus had finished saying these things, he'd been teaching, Matthew 7. The crowds were what? They were amazed. See it? They were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority. You see, his word carries eternal truth and authority. Unlike the teachers of the religious law. You see, the teachers of the religious law, when they taught, they were teaching to rules. They were saying, do this, don't do that. They were just teaching to rules. Jesus, Jesus teaches not to rules. He teaches to relationship. He teaches to relationship. You see, when you listen to his amazing words, he has the opportunity in those words to transform your life and bring you into relationship with the eternal God. You see, when you listen to his amazing words, there is the opportunity to have your life elevated so that you become connected to and relationship with the person who created the universe with a simple word. You see, his words are amazing because his words transform our lives and they bring us into that relationship that endures the most difficult tragedy and walks out of a tomb three days later alive. His words are amazing. And, and this didn't just happen. This was embodied in him. This is who he is, right? Even when he's 12 years old. We don't get much about Jesus' growing up years, right? But when he's 12 years old, uh, Joseph and Mary take him to Jerusalem, and they're with the whole, the whole clan, right? And they head out to go home, and a couple days later they go, uh, where's the kid? They, they did a parental, oops, left him behind. So they go back to Jerusalem to find him. Where did they find him? They find him in the temple. And he says, like, surprise, where would you expect to find me? I'm in my father's house. What were you thinking? 
But look what happens. He's in the temple. He's sitting among the religious teachers. He's listening to them, and he's asking them questions. Look at 47. All who heard him were, what's the word? Amazed. They're amazed at his understanding and his answers. And it gets even better. Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with God, and he grew in favor with all people. There is nobody's words like Jesus. His words are amazing. He's teaching to the people. They say, how, how does he know so much when he hasn't even be, been trained? He hasn't been through rabbi school. How does he know so much? Jesus answers the question. He says, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. you got to understand why his words are so amazing because they are God's words expressed into your life so that your life can be transformed and elevated and you can live in relationship with the eternal God. His words are amazing. In his word, we have everything God wants us to have. In his word, right, in, in, the, in this book, right, we have the amazing teachings. We have everything that God wants us to have to transform our lives to be in relationship with him. Are you listening to me? Get your listening ears on? You see, if you're not in his word every day, you're missing something amazing. Folks come to me periodically and they say, Pastor, man, I just, I'm really struggling right now. I just, I really need to hear something from God. I, I just need a direction in my life or I just need an answer in my life. I just, I just really need a direction from God. I need him to speak into my life. And I'm like, wow, okay. And then I ask a simple question. So how much time are you spending in his word? And if the answer is not much, well, are <laughs> you going to hear it? His word is amazing, and it's right here. It's right here. It has the power to transform your life. And Jesus did everything he could so that you would understand that word. He taught in parables. He taught in picture words, right? He created common understanding of common experiences in his culture, these things called parables, to tell these stories, and embedded in those stories are his eternal wisdom. And and it works, right? So like how many in the room, Christ followers, if you're in the room, how many of you think you could probably stand up? I won't ask you to, don't worry. How many could probably stand up and tell the story of the Good Samaritan? Yeah, lots of you, right? It works, right? You could probably stand up and tell the story of the prodigal son. You could probably stand up and tell the story of the mustard seed. Why? Because his word is amazing. It, it speaks into us, and it transforms us. He spoke in parables, and he spoke tra- straight talk. He just kind of laid it out there and spoke right into people's lives. He says 75 times, truly I say to you, That's Jesus' way of saying, look, this is truth, people. This is the way it is. This is just straightforward truth. And it works. If I say, let him who is without sin, what do you say? Cast, you know it, the first stone. Or the first will be last and the... You know it. 
Why? Because his word is amazing. It is powerful. It gets into the grain of our being. And it changes who we are and how we think. You see, you can build a life on his word. You can build a family on his word. You can build a marriage on his word. You can build a career on his word. You can build your character on his word. You can build to grace on his word. His word is amazing. The Apostle Paul tried to capture that for the church in Colossae. He tried to capture that, and he says, listen, I want them to completely understand and have confidence uh, and understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Now look at verse 3. In him lie hidden all the treasures of, say it with me, wisdom and, what did he just tell you? You can go to Barnes & Noble. You can buy out the, the self-help shelf of books, and there's probably some really good stuff there. But nothing compares to the wisdom and the truth of his word. There is nothing that compares to the wisdom and the truth of his word. Are you listening? Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Dig into it. Chew on it. Devour it. It will change your life. It's so powerful. We know that. Our culture knows that. It's been translated more than any other book. The New Testament's translated more than any other book. There's like 2,527 translations, different languages that the New Testament's been translated into. The close second is a children's book called The Little Prince, and third is Pinocchio. Who would have thought that one, right? (laughs) Well, anyway, but look how far. It's because there's nothing. There's nothing like God's Word. If you're not in His Word... You're missing something amazing. Now, if I haven't convinced you yet on his word, he says, look at what I say and look at what I do. Think about what he's done. Think about what he did. Do you know anybody? Have you ever met anybody in history? When's the last time you bumped into somebody at the coffee shop and they said, oh, by the way, I had this great moment the other day. I, I calmed the storm. I spoke into the, into the storm and it just kind of went dead calm. You met anybody done that? He did. Disciples are, are, are all upset. The storm is happening. Jesus is sleeping in the back. He's just kind of in calm and peace in his own personhood. And the disciples are all upset, and they wake him up. They say, don't you care? We think we're going to die. What does he do? He gets up, stands up, speaks a word, and the storm is calm. He's amazing. He speaks a few words to a little girl. And she goes from death to life. He walks into the house. Everybody's wailing and mourning and crying. And, and he's like, hey, don't worry. She's just sleeping. No, he's crazy. He doesn't understand. She's dead. He speaks a few words. Little girl, get up. 
And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around, and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. He's amazing. He's amazing. A man is possessed by a legion of demons, okay? We know at least 2,000 because they went into 2,000 pigs, right? So he's possessed by a legion of demons, And if you look at the experience, I hope you will, go home and read it, you look at the experience, the dialogue that takes place is really not between the man and Jesus, it's between the demons and Jesus. And the demons are scared of Jesus. The demons are begging Jesus for mercy. That's who he is. That's what he can do. And he casts them out with a simple word. A woman has been sick for years and years and years. She has gone to every physician in the whole region, and nobody can help her. She hears about Jesus, and she presses into the crowd, and all she has to do is reach out in the middle of the crowd and just touch the fringe of his garment, just the tassel of his robe, and immediately she is healed. And she wasn't the only one. When word spread that Jesus was around, they brought out every from the whole region, they brought every sick person to be healed, and they begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched were healed. He is amazing. And here's the truth. Some of you have been taking them for granted. Some of you have been taking his word for granted. Some of you in the room today, you you just need to reach out and touch the fringe of his garment. You need to understand there is nobody like him. And you just need to go ahead and give him your sickness. Give him whatever that is, the sickness of a relationship, the pain that you feel, whatever it is. You just need to stop trying to do it yourself and reach out and touch the fringe of his garment and let him invade your life. He is no ordinary man. His word is not ordinary words. And his forgiveness, it's not ordinary either. Some of you, you've been bearing a lot of guilt and shame in your life, and today is a day that you just need to say, enough is enough. I can't do it myself. I'm tired. I'm worn out. And you just need to give it to somebody who is extraordinary. There is no one like him. And his forgiveness is complete. Because you see, the other thing he did, he willingly gave up his life so that you could be set free and forgiven. He did it then, and he is ready to do it right now, today, in this room, in your life. He is ready to set you free. Are your ears open? Are you listening? He's ready to tell you you're forgiven, 
and your life is new. Some of you in the room today, you're in the room and, and you haven't given Jesus the time of day. It's time to exercise your ears. Are you listening? You see, when, when you let Jesus take over your life, your life becomes extraordinary because he doesn't teach rules and regulations. He teaches to relationship, and he offers us the opportunity to walk in relationship with him and have our lives changed and transformed and elevated so that our lives are not about ourselves, but they bring glory and honor to the Father in heaven. Our lives become not ordinary. They become extraordinary. We start looking just like him. Some of you in the room today, enough is enough. Are you listening? Enough is enough. You need to say, I'm done. I'm ready for Jesus, this extraordinary man, this extraordinary God. Now, if you're already a Christ follower in the room, you're probably sitting there today and you're saying, way to go, pastor, lay it on him, go get him. You know what? It's time for you to step up to the plate too. That guy that was healed of demons, yeah, he said to Jesus, Lord, man, Jesus, you're awesome. There's nobody like you. You are amazing. I want to join. I want to join in. I want to follow you. I want to go with you. And look what Jesus says in verse 19. No. Can you believe that? The guy says, I want to go. I want to go where you go. I want to go. I want to join the 12. And Jesus says, nope. Nope. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Some of you in your room need to get in the business of being on mission every day, all the time, and go out there and start telling people what Jesus has done in your life. You need to start telling people how amazing his word is. You need to start telling people how extraordinary he is and what he did in your life. It's time to get on mission because our lives are not our own. We're here for him. We're here for glory for the Father. We have an eternity to spend with him in that. Now is the time for us to simply show people He's amazing. You see, if we look like him, if we grow into that relationship and we start looking like him, other people are going to start looking at us and they're going to start saying what? Wow, man, he's amazing. Or, Did you see what she did? That's incredible. Have you listened to their words? Wow, they speak some amazing truth. See, that's what he grows us into. He elevates our lives so that our lives are not ordinary. They become extraordinary because our lives become about something bigger than ourselves. They're about him. Jesus was not ordinary. He was extraordinary. And he still is. He still is today. Let's pray. Father, thanks, uh, thanks for being who you are. What, Father, thank you for what a gift, sending your son into, into not just our world, but into this room this morning. 
uh, in, in the simple gifts of bread and wine. Uh, Lord, some of us are hurting this morning, and we need to touch the fringe of the garment. Uh, boy, help us to just reach out that hand, touch that garment, do what only you can do, bring that healing, that power, whatever it is. And Lord, some of us just keep, we just keep at a distance. We take you for granted. Help us to get serious about the forgiveness that you won for us and, and just let go of the guilt and the shame and just, just trust you in that. Lord, some of us this morning, we, we just need to start just understanding how extraordinary your word is and what you did, not take it for granted and, and, and just be in it every day and listen to what you have to say and, and be with other Christ followers in a group and, and not miss the amazing opportunity for you to work and speak. And Lord, some of us have been avoiding you. And so, Lord, we ask today, let your Holy Spirit just act in power to overwhelm us and help us surrender and say, my life's not my own. It's not about me anymore, but it's about you. And so teach us into relationship, grow us and elevate us into extraordinary lives for the glory of the Father. We ask this and pray this in Jesus' name. Uh, Amen.